Hey friends, God bless you. Welcome to Fruit of the Vine Ministries. My name is John Davison. I'm excited to have you with me as we're going through this today. And man, I'm so excited. We've been going through a study on the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And throughout the study, because this study began for me many, many years ago, back in 2015, 2016, I had this radical encounter with the Lord where he started speaking to me about studying the Holy Spirit. And so I invested a lot of time studying the Holy Spirit. But as I studied the Holy Spirit, I said, well, what are the fruits? What is the offspring? What is the manifestation? What does it look like for the Holy Spirit to be active in an individual's life? Because people try to pry things into existence. They try to make things happen. But if we're truly resting in Christ, there's going to be a supernatural reality that is far beyond our earthly nature, our flesh, our, even our humanity, and that is living from a place where the Holy Spirit has full access to your mind, to your will, and to your emotions. And from that place, your soul is where your actions actually tend to come from. So the Holy Spirit comes in and He influences your mind, your will, and your emotions. And then through that influence, through the leaven of the kingdom of heaven, which is the Spirit of God inside of you, if you're born again and you're Spirit-filled and, and you've given your life to Jesus Christ and you've been baptized and, and you know the Holy Spirit and you hear God's voice and you know, you're just really going after Him as you abide in Him, as you abide in Him, as Jesus said in John 15, that those who remain in Him will bear much fruit. And the Greek word there is karpos. And so the fruit that we're talking about and the fruit that Jesus was talking about was the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You say, well, how do you know that? You know, how do you know he wasn't talking about disciples? Well, disciples are part of bearing fruit. But in John 14, John 15, and John 16, Jesus is continually having the dialogue about the coming promised comforter, about the spirit of truth who's going to guide us into all truths and jesus was so excited that he was going to leave the disciples and go be back to the father because when he left he could send the holy spirit upon believers and then they would bear much fruit in the earth and that's what jesus's whole precipice was when he when the disciples said to him you know lord teach us to pray and he said pray this way our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so through these earthen vessels, through us, God gets the glory as we submit ourselves, we resist the devil, he flees, we, and, and we submit ourselves to the Lord, and we live lives in relationship with the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Ghost. And that kind of lifestyle, Paul is trying to explain that to the Galatian church, because the Galatians, they were functioning in the spirit, they were living in the spirit, they were performing miracles and signs and wonders in the spirit, but they went back to trying to like just do things in their own strength, and so therefore they weren't producing the kind of fruit that grace produces, they weren't producing the kind of fruit that the Holy Spirit produces, and Paul helps them realign themselves, recalibrate with the kingdom of heaven, by bringing them back into the Spirit, by helping them to recognize what the true life of the Spirit looks like living in you, 
affecting your soul and allowing the manifestation or the carpos, the fruit, the offspring of the Spirit to be made manifest in our lives. And so that brings us to Galatians chapter 5 and verse, we'll go back and we'll read this one more time. I want to stop for a minute. Listen, if you've not watched or listened to, if this is the podcast you're listening to right now, if you've not listened or watched the other seven fruit of the Spirit up to this point, we're on number eight, I would have really encourage you to go back and start from the beginning and listen to all the fruit of the Spirit because I lay a foundation all the way through from the beginning. We talk about what fruit is. We talk about what uh, what, what the Holy Spirit is actually producing in our lives and, and that offspring, where it comes from and how we do that. And so through that, we now understand the difference between living in our humanity and our limited fleshly nature versus submitting to the Spirit, keeping all of our faculties, our mind, our will, our emotions, our soul, our flesh, our, our feelings, our senses, all of those things going through the cleansing process of the cross and everything being crucified with Christ, old things passing away and everything becoming new, we now learn how our bodies, how our thinking, and all of those things come into submission to the Holy Ghost and produces this offspring. And this is what Paul is communicating to the Galatians. In Galatians 5 and verse 16, he says this, So I say then, Live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Notice that. That is a promise. That is the Word of God. You do not have to gratify the natural man, human, your human side. You know, people say, people use the term humanity or human. I'm only human, brother. We're all human. They use it as an excuse to give uh, leeway or to give a... a a favoritism or a permission to the flesh, to their external desires, when in reality, Jesus gave us the Holy Ghost, He gave us the Holy Spirit as permission to live free from sin, not free to sin. And that's what Titus tells us is the definition of grace. That grace teaches us to say no to sin and to live upright, godly, and holy lives in this present age. So Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. So I say, then live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with one another so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, if you are led by the Spirit, you're not limited. You're not capped off. The spirit, if you live by the Spirit, there's life and peace. There's freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Not freedom to sin, freedom from sin. The law is trying to restrict sin. The Holy Spirit sets you free from sin. One is greater than the other. One has more glory than the last. The other one was there to help you to see what God's requirements and standards were. The, the law of Moses was an identity statement to a bunch of orphans who were in slavery to the world, to Egypt and to Pharaoh, who were taken out, who had to relearn what it looks like
to serve the one true God. And God says, look, these are my commandments. Basically, this is an identity statement of not only who I am, but who I've called you to be as my children. And so the law has a level of glory in it to an extent. And that's why people sometimes go back to it because they see, well, there's, there's a, there's some, some kind of right things in here that we should do. But in reality, those things are caps because there's, they, they have a limitation to them. And, and those things in and of themselves are only agreement in your natural mind and agreement for your natural body to put it into some type of a form. But it does not live from the spirit and therefore it's not empowered to maintain the freedom that's given. So it, it'll tell you what is right, but it does not give you the power and the grace that you need to live to that standard. That's what Jesus came for you to be able to do. He said, look, do not think that I've come to abolish the law of the prophets. No, I didn't come to abolish them. I came to fulfill them. And I came that you would have life and have it more abundantly. And that's what Paul is explaining to the Galatians. Look, don't go back to the law. It's good. The law is good if we use it lawfully, but it's going to cap you off. It's not the abundance of life. It's not the fullness of grace. It's not, it's not glory to glory. It only has a measure of glory to it. And so we don't want to limit ourselves, but we don't want to live in sin at the same time. And so people kind of get confused. And so what he's saying here says, look, but if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. In other words, you're not under it. It's you're not capped off. That's good stuff right there, man. That's some freedom. That's freedom. Listen to verse 519 in Galatians. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the, and the like, anything even like it, is, is, is contrary to the way that God designed man to reflect his glory and his nature into the earth. And so if we're going to be Christ-like ones, then, then we want to reflect his nature, but we don't reflect his nature by pushing ourselves and squeezing ourselves into a mold. We do it by resting in his finished work and submitting our soul to the Holy Spirit. Totally different. One is from the outside in, the other is from the inside out. And it flows so beautifully in rest if we live in the Spirit. Listen to verse 22 of Galatians 5. Actually, here, we'll go back to 21 because I didn't read that passage yet. 21. It says, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. What is he saying? Is he saying they won't get saved? What he's saying here is what is the kingdom of God? Right? Romans chapter 14, verse 17. The kingdom of heaven starts at verse 16 and goes through 17. The kingdom of heaven is not meat or drink. Right? It's not to feed your flesh. <laughs> but it is righteousness, it is peace, and it is joy in the Holy Ghost. So if the kingdom is in the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost is righteousness, peace, and joy, then living all by your natural man and natural desires and natural impulses, notice what he said there, it's not meat or drink. In other words, the kingdom is not about filling your personal desires and your fleshly, earthly desires. The kingdom is about an internal position of seated with Christ in heavenly realms. 
that we would understand the fullness of his love, the fullness of his grace, the fullness of his passion for his people. And he says, but those who live for themselves and selfish and envy and drunkenness and orgies and anger and hatred and malice and strife and all those things, he says, look, all of those things are not the kingdom of heaven. You are not going to inherit what Jesus fully paid for. You might go through into eternity, into heaven, right? You might end up there. But, but he says in Corinthians, Paul says, that, that some will go as escaping through the flames. That they're just going to barely make it through. And we don't want to live that kind of life. We don't want to live just the bare minimum Christianity. That is boring, weak, and frustrating. Rather, we have grace upon grace. We have mercy upon mercy. We have strength upon strength. We have faith upon faith. And in that place, that abundance that Jesus paid for by his blood, we want to see him get his full reward in the earth now. Now, that's not to say that the kingdom is not now is excuse me let me let me rephrase what i'm just saying the, that's not to say that all of the kingdom can be right now we know that the kingdom is 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 here but it's not yet it's still coming so we won't see the climax until jesus's full return when he sets up the kingdom fully upon the earth but we can experience much more than much of us are living in today and that's what paul is trying to communicate to them is don't cap yourself off to the full potential of the inheritance he paid for galatians 5:22 but the fruit, the karposh, the offspring of the Spirit of God, is love and joy, peace and patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. There's no law. The enemy has no legal precedence over your life if you're living in the fruit of the Spirit. Why? Because he... Because there's no legal loophole, you can't charge love with doing wrong. If it's biblical love, if it's Christian love, if it's genuine Jesus love, if it's the love of the God, real love, not the perverted love that's out in the world, not the perverted grace that's in some of the, the, the church movement today, but the real grace of God, the real truth of God, the real, the real gift of God, which brings repentance and cleansing and purity and holiness and righteousness and power. To heal the sick and raise the dead and cleanse the leper and cast out demons and live as an overcomer in this present age. That's true grace. That is biblical grace. And he says, look, if you'll live in the fruit of the Spirit, there's no law against those things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and its desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step. Let us walk in the Spirit. Let us walk in the spirit tonight we're going to talk look look here man it's so good it's so good right now we're going to talk about gentleness we're going to talk about gentleness because that's the next fruit of the spirit and I just kind of got caught up with the Lord there for just a minute because this is really freedom it's true freedom. As somebody who was once a drug addict and an alcoholic and somebody who was stuck in pornography and, and all kinds of wickedness, I know, what, I, know, I know what bondage is. But praise God, I don't have to live that life anymore and neither do you, saint of God. Born again, you're a saint. That's what Paul writes to the saints, not the wretched sinners. The saints... 
He's saying you can live in a higher place. So what is gentleness? Gentleness is our, our word tonight. The Greek word is protes. And according to the word of God, gentleness means this. It is a mindset. It is a disposition that is not easily angered or provoked to roughness or violence. It is integrity in kindness and mildness of temper. Let me read that again. Gentleness is a mindset, a position. The Holy Spirit has breathed upon your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. It is a mindset, a disposition that is not easily angered or provoked to being rough and violent. It is integrity and kindness and mildness of temper. Now, for some of you, you hear that right now. You go, oh, brother, you don't know. You know, Jesus flipped over. You know, he flipped over tables. You know, Jesus got angry. Jesus, If that's the very first thing that you went to, if that's the very first passage that you went to when you heard gentleness, I want to tell you that there's probably something in your heart right now that the Lord wants to touch on. Because while Jesus did flip over the tables of the money changers, Jesus never acted out of character. Jesus Jesus was cleansing the temple because that was the court of the Gentiles. And they had turned the court of the Gentiles where nations were able to come and worship God in the temple. The Pharisees and Sadducees have turned that area into a marketplace. And so people couldn't come from around the world to get real close to God by being close to the temple because it got turned into a marketplace. And so Jesus quotes the scripture from Isaiah. Have you not heard that my father's house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations? But you've made it a den of robbers. What's he saying? You are stopping people from worshiping God. You are stopping people from being close to the Lord. And he tells them in another place that you make disciples far and wide. And when you do, you make them twice the son of hell as you are. What is Jesus saying? Jesus' anger in those moments was because people were being restricted from being able to fully embrace the Father's love. And if there's anything that we should be upset about, it's whenever we see where people keep people from the Lord, keep people from Jesus. That's why Jesus ate with tax collectors and sinners, and he went out to the leper colonies, and he was healing the sick and raising the dead and cleansing the lepers. All of the despised and rejected people was the ones he went to. And in his, in his anger towards people who, who were keeping others away from God in their own self-righteousness, Jesus said, look, I'm going to deal with this issue. And so if your instant thought is, well, Jesus got angry, so I can get angry too about what's going on in the world and the elections and everything. I can get angry. If that's your instant thought, I'm here to tell you, God wants to release you, my friend, from your anger. In fact, in Ephesians, Paul tells the Ephesians church to put off anger. To put off anger. And he says, if you, if you are angry, in your anger, don't sin. Which means, although you might start out with anger that's justified, it can end up in sin. And don't go to bed while you're angry. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Forgive, release, restore, redeem. Redeem the times. Redeem people. 
Love people. And that's what he's saying is the fruit of the Spirit here. This gentleness is not easily angered or provoked to roughness or violence. It doesn't seek vengeance. It says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. And too many people today feel as though it's their responsibility to bring forth vengeance in the earth. It's their responsibility to bring forth justice in the earth. And they do it through means that are violent, oppressive, socialistic, communistic, even through political means, even through things like patriotism. You know, there's a radical form of patriotism that causes Christians to be blind to walking in the Spirit. And it's not the Lord. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't stand up for the unborn. I'm not saying that we shouldn't stand for righteous causes in the earth. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be politically active. I'm not saying that we should tuck tail and run away from all the issues and not be confrontational in certain instances. We certainly should. But it should never bring us out of character and the nature of God. It should never cause us to walk outside of the fruit of the Spirit. Because it's only by the Spirit that we can bring freedom in the earth. We cannot do it through our own flesh because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Hear me now. You could sum this entire thing up with one word, benevolence. Your disposition is a habit or a tendency you have to act in a specific way simply because that is who you are or have become trained to be. It could be summarized by your automatic first response to something or someone. So what's your disposition? If your disposition is to bring life and life more abundantly, to bring joy, to bring peace, to bring the kingdom of God into every situation and to, and to bring light into the world, it's going to be awesome. But if you're just looking for a fight, if you're just looking for something to bite your teeth into, it's going to be rough. It's going to be a rough ride because there's brothers and sisters all through the world right now suffering massive persecution, still being crucified, in case you didn't know. Islam is still crucifying Christians in the Middle East. And so I think we can do better. I think we can live in the Spirit. The Scripture tells us that as followers of Christ, we are to be trained and disciplined. It even calls us good soldiers for Christ in 2 Timothy 2.3. However, there are many different levels in the ranks, and the book of Hebrews says this. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14, listen. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. The idea here is that we are training ourselves up in the most holy faith, taking the next step, moving in a forward direction from glory to glory in Messiah. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. And we need to ask our Heavenly Father to train us in who we're called to be. We need to ask the Lord to discipline us, to disciple us. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us. If we have anger, we need to learn how to partner with the Holy Spirit in such a way that he, he gets full rule and reign in our life. And we don't have to walk in frustration and anger. Many of us, if we would just forgive a family member or a friend or that person, if we would just forgive and hand them over to the Lord, I think we'd see a lot more freedom in the world today. 
Hebrews 12.11 says this, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace. What is righteousness and peace? That's the kingdom, right? It produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So in other words, discipline, if we allow the Lord to discipline us, then we're going to see the fruit of the kingdom, the fruit of the Spirit, and we're going to see the power of the Spirit moving in a powerful way in our life. Luke 6.40 says this, The student is not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. We can be just like Jesus. Jesus wasn't cleansing the temple 24-7. He wasn't whipping people and, and things. Not that he whipped anybody, but you understand what I'm saying. He, he, he wasn't beating people down 24-7. Jesus was more, more often than not, more often than not, he was hanging out with the people who were rejected. More often than not, he wasn't looking for a fight. The fight came to him. And that's the thing that we really need to understand is that as we're doing God's work, we will be persecuted. We will suffer things that come against us. But the reality of it is, is that when it comes against us, guess what? God's going to lift up a standard on our behalf. And we don't have to be afraid. We don't even have to fight for ourselves. We just have to lay down our life before him, submit ourselves to him, resist the devil, and he will flee. And that's what you can do. You don't have to be angry. You don't have to be frustrated about what's happening in the world. You don't have to be worried and fearful. In fact, the book of Revelation says that the lake of fire is prepared for those who are fearful. Why? Because fear is evidence of a lack of trust. And if we trust the Lord, then we have faith. God is good. Let him be true and let every man be a liar. So gentleness is our inheritance in the spirit. We don't have to be sissies. We don't have to back down. You know, we don't have to not debate. We can debate. We can have healthy debate and still love the person we're debating. We can still encourage healthy dialogue. But we need to have gentleness on social media. We need to have gentleness in our families, and our relationships. We especially need to have gentleness with each other in the church. Right now, more than ever, we need to build one another up we need to encourage each other and strengthen one another. And so listen, I just want to pray for you. Father, I just thank you that gentleness will be in your children. That this moment in time brings such a strong anointing of your presence upon the person listening to this right now. That they would go before you and recognize, Father, that you've called them to have a spirit of gentleness. And that right now they can lay everything before you. I just want to encourage you right now. Lay it all before the Lord right now. And if the Holy Spirit brings something to remembrance, brings something to your mind, I ask you to release it to Him. And say, Holy Spirit, would you come powerfully upon my soul and overtake this frustration, overtake this fear, overshadow these things. I renounce them. I don't want them. They're not my identity in Christ. And so, Holy Spirit, you are the mind of Christ that's been given to me. I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would give me the fullness of righteousness, peace, and joy in my life. That I would experience the fullness of what Jesus paid for, for me to walk in. And I release everyone who has done me wrong, who has, who has been mislabeling me, who has slandered me, who have gossiped about me. I release them, Father. Even right now, I'm going to do this with you. Father, I release every person right now 
right now, Holy Spirit, I'm being so real with you right now. I'm doing this with you. Holy Spirit, I thank you right now. I release every person who has slandered my name. I release every person who has abused and misused me. Holy Spirit, I, I forgive. I choose to forgive and not be angry. And I thank you for exchanging that for righteousness, peace, and joy. That you wash my mind, you wash my heart, you cleanse me of any wicked way, of anything that does not reflect you, of any personal desire for vengeance. And I accept your peace right now upon my mind, my will, and my emotions. And so, my friend, I release you to do the same thing, to experience Father's love, experience Father's grace, experience Father's mercy. And remember, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So if you release you'll be released. If you forgive, you'll be forgiven. If you give, it will come back to you. Listen, it's such an importance that we keep ourselves unblemished from the world, according to James, and that we bridle our tongues, that we make sure that we speak only what the Father speaks, and we do only what the Father does. And we magnify and exalt the name of Jesus in the earth, by walking in the Spirit. Thank you for tuning into the broadcast today. Hey, I wanted to just connect with you, share with you some other ways that you can be encouraged in your faith in Christ Jesus through Fruit of the Vine Ministries. You can visit our website at fruitofthevinemistries.wix.com forward slash fruit of the vine. We have our statement of faith on there. There's a lot of encouraging books, literature, things that you can get your hands on. There's, there's some good meat in there for you to be continually encouraged in. You can also contact us by sending us an email through fruit of the vine ministries at gmail.com right here in the form on the website. Also, you can connect with us on Facebook at fruit of the vine ministries, Ohio. So if you go on Facebook, it's fruit of the vine ministries, Ohio, you'll find the fruit of the vine ministries logo. And from there, just like the page and you'll get encouraging scriptures. You'll get encouraging memes, things that you can share with your friends to say, Hey, listen, I follow Yeshua Jesus. I want to give you another opportunity that some people take to take advantage of our P.O. box. You can write us a letter. You can let us know how you've been encouraged and strengthened in your face. And if you feel led by the Holy Spirit, you can also send a check and you can help us and support financially what Father is doing here. It's P.O. box 222 Louisville, Ohio, 44641. And you can make that out to John Davison. There's also a link to, to give on our uh, website as well. Podcasts are available as well through podbean.com. Go to Fruit of the Vine Ministries on podbean.com. Just click the subscribe and follow, and you can follow some of the latest podcasts. Sometimes they're long, sometimes they're short, sometimes they're just very short, encouraging messages. And I just wanted to give you an outlet so that you can, hey, listen, if God moves on you and you want more, if you want more of Jesus, we want to give you every ounce of grace that God has given to us. Jesus said, freely you have received, freely given. We want to encourage the church to walk in power, strength, holiness, righteousness, completely covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, walking as normal.